we're starting a new series today called First. And what we're looking at in this sermon series, it's going to be a three-week series, we're talking about just the reality of putting God first in our lives. How as Christians, we are called to put Jesus in his kingdom first above everything else in our lives. And so this series is about looking into that and unpacking that. You know, what does that mean? How do we do that? What happens when we do that? You know, what does God do in us and what does God do through us when we really put Jesus in his kingdom first? Now, specifically what we're going to talk about today as we get rolling in the series is some of the things that maybe get in the way in our own lives of actually putting Jesus in his kingdom first. You know, there are actually things, uh, issues, choices we make, things we want that sometimes get in the way in our own hearts of putting Jesus in his kingdom first in our lives. So we want to talk about those things and just address them because there are things that try to get in the way or try to come before Jesus in our lives. So we're going to look at that. So our scripture today is going to be from Matthew chapter 6, and it's going to be verses 25 through 33, and it's up on the screen, and it's in your bulletin. Let me read it to you. This is Jesus talking. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... Will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And this is the verse we're going to really look at. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. All right, let's pray. Lord, we come before you now, God, just needing to hear from you and to be changed by you. Holy Spirit, we just give you reign to do whatever you need to do to transform us and make us more like Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would come and open up our hearts and our minds to your voice. And God, would you speak to us? Lord, we need to hear from you. And nobody needs to hear from me. So Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and when you need to speak in spite of me. And Lord, I ask that anything I say would just be totally forgotten and would fall to the ground as dust and be blown away, but that you would speak. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so let me ask, who here has seen the movie Rudy? Most everybody, not everybody, okay. Um, it's kind of an old movie now, it's weird, it's almost like 25, 30 years old. Uh, but it's a great movie if you haven't seen it. And Rudy, in case you don't know, it's a movie that came out in uh, the early 90s, and it's about this guy named Rudy. And he is this really unathletic, small, like, dude but he wants to play football at Notre Dame and so the movie is just about his journey and kind of his perseverance to be a walk-on at Notre Dame and because he wants to do this for himself but he wants to like show everybody he ever knew that he could do it and so it's a good movie though I've heard if you've seen it the ending is totally not true but it's supposed to be a true story so I don't know but it's inspiring at least the video but there's a line in the movie that has always just kind of stuck with me and the line is this, Rudy is talking um, about his father, and he says this about his dad. He says, my dad loves Notre Dame football more than anything in the world. 
And that line has always stuck with me because this is nothing against football or Notre Dame, even though Georgia beat Notre Dame, but that's not really relevant. The thing about that line is what a terrible thing to be said about somebody. I mean, like, that is just like, I would be crushed if somebody said that something like that about me. Oh, Haynes loved this very superficial, temporal thing more than anything. And just that really kind of captures kind of the essence of what we want to focus on today. Just like, there are things in our lives that we love and we don't necessarily know that we're doing this, that we can put before Jesus in his kingdom. But that he really is to be, and his kingdom are to be the number one passions and the priorities of our lives. And so we just want to look at that today and talk about that. So, now the scripture we read from Matthew 6, 33 really gets to the heart of this issue. All right, in verse 33, it says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you as well. Now, I love this verse for a couple of reasons. Number one, this is one of those times where in the Bible, God is just, he speaks so clearly. You know, sometimes you read the Bible, and you're not sure what God's trying to say. There's kind of hidden meaning. You have to kind of unpack it. But here, Jesus is just point blank, like, just gives us his instructions, like, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So I love that Jesus is really clear. He just gives us this command, this edict, that we are to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That we are to put him and his kingdom first above everything else in our lives. It's real clear. It's real straightforward. Now, just that in of itself is enough and it's clear, but we can actually take this verse a little deeper to really get what Jesus is saying. If you look at a couple of the words in this verse in the original language, the New Testament was an originally written in Greek. And so sometimes the Greek words, when we actually know the definitions, give us a little more understanding. So in this verse, the word seek in Greek actually is zeteo, and it actually means to hunger or desire to worship. And so, and then secondly, the word first in Greek is proton, and it means first in order of importance, holding the highest place in our affections. So what Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he's really saying that seek first, that sounds important, but it can not quite get what Jesus is saying. He's really saying that we are to hunger above everything else, this desire to worship God to worship Jesus and put his kingdom first, that we are to desire and hunger that, to put him first in his kingdom above everything else, the most exalted place in our hearts and in our lives. That's what Jesus is saying when he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that Jesus and his kingdom, the gospel message and loving Jesus are to be the top priority, the number one place in our hearts above everything else in our lives. It has to come first if we're Jesus followers. This means that the best part of our love, our lives, our effort, our energy, our time, everything about us goes to Jesus and his kingdom. That's what this verse is talking about. That's what it means to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, that's pretty clear. That's pretty cool. It sounds good. But a problem is going to arise immediately when we start talking about this verse. And it's this. Even though Jesus and his kingdom are to be first in our lives, the problem is... There are things in our lives that want to dethrone Jesus as number one in our lives. All right, there are things and issues in our lives that want to take Jesus' place. Basically, there's like always a competition that can go on in our hearts where Jesus and his kingdom should be our first priority, our number one passion. But there are things in us or things in our lives or things that we maybe want that can sometimes, they battle to be number one in our lives. And there's a competition in our hearts. And the Bible has a word for these things. Does anybody want to take a guess? What? 
titles. Good, over here. I don't know you, but awesome. Good job. Yes, the word is idol. The word is idol. That we can have idols in our lives, and these idols want to take the place of Jesus, and be, they want to be number one and be our number one passion, the thing that we want more than Jesus and his kingdom. The word is idol. And an idol is something that we either love and worship more than Jesus. It's something that we can love and worship more than Jesus. Now, when you say the word idol, I don't know what comes to mind for you, but I think a lot of times we kind of think of kind of like some kind of image that somebody creates, like a statue that you bow down to. Um, I've been to India for a couple times. And in India, the national um, religion is Hinduism. And in Hinduism, they have a lot of idols that they bow down to, a lot of gods that they worship. So when you say the word idol, sometimes that's kind of what we think, like some kind of statue or image that we bow down to. And that is a type of idol, but that's not what we're talking about here. I'm not worried about you guys bowing down to graven images. Um, But we can also have idols in our hearts. We can have idols in our hearts. Things that we want and love maybe more than Jesus. And so, for example, for some people, an idol can be money. Nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with being rich. But money can become an idol where you just want more and more money. That's all you care about. You just want to make it, and it can become an idol. For some people, it's power. They say that power is the most addictive thing, just that people, some people want power. They want to be in charge. They want to lord power over people. Another, for example, um, I think especially in our culture today with social media is fame and notoriety can be an idol. You know, it's one of the weird things about social media, how somebody who nobody knows can become really famous by Instagram or Twitter or whatever. But people can get addicted to fame and notoriety and being seen and affirmed and always talked about. You know, for some people, their idol is sex. For some of us, our idol, it could be your spouse. Maybe you love them more than you're loving Jesus. You're supposed to love your spouse, but you do not love them more than Jesus. For some people, an idol can be their kids. You know, your kids, I mean, yes, you're supposed to love and raise your kids in the fear and knowledge of the Lord, but they don't come before the Lord. And so the idols just keep going. You know, one, for example, for some people, their idol is just themselves. A lot of people just live this life where they are the center of the universe, or so they think. You know, I think you see this with some celebrities, for example. The point is, an idol is anything that we love and worship more than Jesus. I'm going to read you this quote by a guy named J.I. Packer, who's a really great Christian thinker and writer. He says this about idols. He said, What other gods could we have besides the Lord? Plenty. For Israel, there were the Canaanite Baals, those jolly-natured gods whose worship was a rampage of gluttony, drunkenness, and ritual prostitution. For us, there are still the great gods, sex, shekels, and stomach, an unholy trinity constituted in one god, the self, and the other enslaving trio, pleasure, possession, and position, whose worship is described as the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Football, the firm, and family are also gods for some. Indeed, the list of other gods is endless, for anything that anyone allows to run his life becomes his god. And this is what an idol is. Okay, it's just anything that we love and worship more than Jesus. And idols are real. We just have to be careful that we don't let them in our hearts. Now, as a Christian, we're just not supposed to have any idols. And I know that's pretty common knowledge, but just to say it, we're not supposed to have any idols. You've all heard of the Ten Commandments. The first two commandments 
in the Old Testament. Number one is, you shall have no other gods before me. And the second one is, you shall not make idols. I mean, those are the first two commandments right there. They're dealing with this issue of idolatry. And if you go throughout the whole entire Old Testament, there are actually a lot of verses, I don't have time to go through all of them, that talk about idolatry, that we're not to have any idols. And Jesus is picking up this theme here in Matthew chapter 6. When he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he is kind of tagging on to this whole theme of dealing with the idols in our lives. You know, the Bible's message is so clear. We're not to have any idols. No idols ever. Period. For us as Jesus followers, we love Jesus and his kingdom first. And nothing is to compete with that. Nothing is to compete with that. And so what we want to understand is this. And this is important to kind of get into the inside of us to understand why this is an issue. Every human being on earth, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian, not a Christian, church person, not a person, love Jesus, hate Jesus, whatever you are. Every single person on earth, we are all created to love something or someone more than anything else. This is just how human beings are made. This is how God has wired us, that we will love and worship something more than anything else. That's how we are. Everybody is like that. That's how God has made us. And so that's just something that is in our hearts. Jesus made us this way. Now we're made, everybody on earth is made to worship and love Jesus and his kingdom above everything else. That's how God has created us ultimately. But every single one of us has it in us. We will love and worship something first in our lives. And it's important to understand this because of this point. We will either love and worship Jesus first or we will love and worship an idol first those are the only two choices all right we either love and worship jesus above everything else or it's going to be an idol of some kind there are no other choices you know it's pretty black and white and so because it's so black and white there's so few choices we have to be really aware and careful that we really are loving and worshiping jesus in his kingdom above everything else because it's either that or it's going to be an idol there is no third option. There is no door number three. And so we have to be aware, like, okay, I've got to make sure that Jesus really is and his kingdom is the number one passion and desire and priority of my life. Years ago, I was working in a church, and it was a great church, and I loved it. And I was up for a new job and kind of a promotion within the church, and I really wanted this job, like, bad. And I didn't realize it at the time, but this job or the prospect of getting it, it really became like an obsession for me. I mean, I just thought about it all the time. I wanted it. It was all I ever prayed about, you know, getting the job. And I realized that this job really did become like an idol for me. You know, I was working in a church, but I had an idol, and it was this job. And ultimately, I didn't get it for a number of reasons. But I really do think one of the reasons I didn't get it is because the Lord was like, Haynes, I'm not going to give you an idol. And I can see that now. And I tell you this story just so you know, like, I was working in a church, and I had this idol that was in my life for a season. And so we just have to understand, it's either Jesus or an idol. Those are our only two choices to be first in our lives, and that we want to be the kind of people who really do seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, that we love Jesus and his kingdom above everything else. So that's who we're called to be. So the question we want to ask is, so why do we need to do this? Why does this ultimately matter? Why do we want to seek Jesus first and his kingdom first? I'll give you a couple of reasons. Number one, Jesus and his kingdom are the only things that are worthy of being first in our lives. 
Jesus and his kingdom are the things that are only worthy to be first in our life. Everything else we could want, everything else that we have, none of them are even close. Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is God almighty in his kingdom and establishing his kingdom on earth. That's the only thing that should be first in our lives. That's the only thing, those are the only two things worthy of being first in our lives. Everything else doesn't even compare. Second reason I would say we want to seek first his kingdom is to love anything or anyone more than Jesus will really leave you unsatisfied and unfulfilled ultimately. Like you're just cheating yourself if you love and serve anything more than Jesus. That's not to say that having an idol won't give you some pleasure, it won't give you some fulfillment. It can. But ultimately you will never be satisfied or fulfilled if you love and serve anything more than Jesus. You just can't. And so we don't want to do it. And thirdly, I would say this. To love and serve Jesus in his kingdom first. When you do that, that's the one thing that makes life make sense and work right. When that's first, life falls into place. You know, God's created order is that we love and serve him first. And when we do that, everything else is in alignment and God will take care of it. But when we don't put Jesus first, we're putting our lives totally in disarray in terms of God's created order. And so the only way that life really works as God intended it is, is if he and his kingdom are first for us. And once they are, everything else works as it's supposed to. And our lives are within God's created order. So it's for those three reasons that we want to put Jesus in his kingdom first. Because again, only him and his kingdom are worthy of being first. Secondly, if we love anything else, it'll never satisfy and fulfill us. And lastly, we do it because it's the only way that life makes sense. It's how God has created us. So again, we want to make sure that we are putting Jesus first and his kingdom first in our lives and in our hearts. So let me say this. Now, this is kind of hard in, in, in certain ways to kind of wrap our minds around because this whole subject is what I mean because of this. I think sometimes we can think, well, wait a second. By the way, if you're not a Christian you're totally off the hook for this message. I want you to come to Jesus, but I'm just talking to the Christians right now, okay? But let me say this. We think sometimes as Christians that, well, I'm a Christian. There's no way I could have an idol. We kind of think that, well, I love Jesus. Therefore, nothing could be more important than him. I would disagree with you that it is possible to be a Christian and love Jesus, and you can maybe still have an idol in your life. You didn't realize it. That actually can happen. And so this is where it gets tricky for us. We have to just really examine our hearts and let the Holy Spirit examine our hearts. That, yes, we can love Jesus, and you might still have an idol. I gave you that example of the story of me at that church. I wanted that job, and it was an idol. And I loved God with everything I had, but I still had an idol that had to be dealt with. You can love Jesus. You can serve him. You can be used by him. You are 100% going to heaven, and you can still maybe have an idol in your heart. And so because this is reality, we just have to be careful. We have to examine our hearts and really say, okay, what's first in my life? What is really my number one passion and what am I most in love with? And we have to be honest and real with ourselves about do we have any idols? Sometimes we do, sometimes maybe don't, but they can come and go. And we just have to watch it and be careful. And so again, we want to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness above everything else, to love Jesus and his kingdom more than anything. And so if that's what we're called to do, 
we need to know, okay, do I have any idols? And if we have idols, there's only one thing to do, is we got to deal with them and get rid of them. That's the only path to take. If you read through the Old Testament, when it talks about idols, the way the Bible writes it, it says things like, destroy your idols, burn them up, crush them, throw them out. The biblical language towards idols is, they got to go no matter what. They have got to be taken out of first in our hearts. So we got to get rid of them. We have to deal with them. We can't allow them to stay and to have any place in our lives and in our hearts. So I would say, if we want to know if we have any idols and what we're supposed to do with them, I would give you a couple of things to do. Number one is just real easy. Just ask the Holy Spirit, are there any idols in your heart? And I promise you this, if there are, he will tell you because he wants them to go. So first thing is just ask the Holy Spirit, are there any idols in my life? And if there are, he'll tell you. Second thing you want to do, if there are any idols, you just need to repent and say, ask the Lord to forgive you for it. That's step two, just repent and confession. Number three, I'll say this. If it's an idol of a bad thing, then it's got to go totally out of your life. Here's what I mean. If an idol in our lives is like a sin, a vice, an addiction, things like that, they got to go. There's no place for that in your life. And, you know, you need to get the help that you need to get free of that. But the next thing I would say this, if it's an idol of a good thing, the good thing doesn't need to go. Your life just needs to be restructured. For example, if an idol for you is maybe your spouse or your kids, well, you're not supposed to get rid of them. I mean, you know, but you've got to restructure your life to where your first love and your priority is Jesus and his kingdom and restructure your life with your spouse and your kids and all that after that. Okay, we get rid of the idols of bad things like sin and vices and addiction and and bondage and things like that. But the good things, we just need to restructure our lives to put Christ first. And the last thing I'd say you do is you just need to make the commitment in your heart and in the way you live your life, your choices and the way you live and you behave and think. Make that commitment to put Christ and his kingdom first and just day by day, by God's grace, try to live that out. That's what we're called to do. But when it comes to our idols, if we have any, we got to deal with them. The Bible is really clear. We got to deal with them. And so let me say, I just want to challenge you, and I challenge me with this. When it comes to dealing with idols, we got to get real and we got to get honest. We got to get serious and we got to get vulnerable with ourselves and say, okay, are there any idols in me? Are there any idols in my life? Is there anything I need to deal with? We got to get honest and get real and serious and vulnerable about it because the biblical message about idols is we got to deal with them and the bible's real serious about it this is not something that is yeah i'll get to it when i can we really need to deal with it because the biblical message is um, idols are a big big deal and i'll just say like this jesus doesn't play around about idols and neither should we jesus doesn't play around about idols and neither should we And we need to be honest and real and begin to deal with them and work with the Holy Spirit in our own hearts to deal with them and get free so that Jesus and his kingdom would be first in our lives. And I just want you to know that God wants to help you get free of this. He wants to help you deal with your idols. He's not mad at you. He's not angry. He's not frustrated. God is forever patient and kind. But he's also serious, and he wants you to be serious about it and that we would deal with these things in our lives, that we would have no idols or anything before Jesus. It's important to know 
I'll say this. Um, some of you may be like, yeah, I maybe do have an idol, and I, you know what you need to deal with. And maybe you're sitting there like, I, I, I don't know. And so I would just encourage you, ask the Lord to search you and show you. Some of you might be like, you know what, I have intentionally put this idol in my life. And if you've done that, deal with that with the Lord. He'll forgive you. And if, you know, all of a sudden you realize, you know what, I didn't know I was putting this as an idol first. Maybe it's accidental. Like my, that job I wanted at church, it was a total accident. I didn't mean to make that thing an idol. So wherever you are with that, if there's an idol in your life, no matter how it got there, I just want to say, know that God is so full of grace and mercy. This is so important. Know that God is not angry. He's not going to strike you down. Jesus loves you. You are his favorite kid in spite of this. And he is here to help you. And he will. But you have got to be honest and real about, hey, you know, I do maybe have this idol. And then help or allow him to help you deal with it. But I do, in the midst of dealing with this, I want you to know God's nature, which is, even though this may be an issue in your life, God is still crazy in love with you. And he's not the least bit angry. But he is serious, and we need to be as well. So I want to just put that out there, just in the midst of dealing with something like this. It's easy to feel beat up and condemned or feel terrible, and that's not what God wants you to feel, because he does not feel that way towards you in the midst of this. All right? Okay. So... This is who we're called to be, people that really do seek first God's kingdom, that we seek Jesus and his kingdom above everything else, that he and his kingdom would be our number one passion and priority. This is who we're called to be, and this is what Jesus is talking about in Matthew six thirty three. And so we wanted to kick off this series about putting God first, because if we want to know how to put God first, we first got to deal with if there's anything that we're putting first in front of him. And once we deal with this, this series is really going to help you live this out day in and day out. So here's the last thing I want to say. If we're going to live this sermon out, we need the Lord's grace to do it. And God's grace is his presence and his help to do what he's called us to do. You know, we need God to show up and help us and to make this possible because you and I can't do it in and of ourselves. I just want to say God really does want to pour out his grace today. And so I'm excited that we're coming for communion in just a second because God's grace is found through his spirit and through communion where God pours his help and his presence out to help us. So as we come to the table today, know that, yeah, we're coming to remember and celebrate the cross and the resurrection, but we're also coming to get the grace and the help that we need to really deal with our idols in our lives. And so I think the timing of this worked out well because we need God's grace to do this today. So I'm going to go ahead and invite the band back up. And so we're going to come in just a second to the table to take communion. And just know that in the midst of what's going on with the idols in our lives, let me say, you may not have any. That's okay. One of the things as a Christian is don't ever, you know, pretend something there that's not. I'm not saying everybody here has, has an idol. I'm not saying that. But you might. And I'm not saying you don't love Jesus, even if you do. But to be honest and real begin to ask the Lord to help you deal with that to where he and his kingdom would be first. And again, his help and his grace is found today as we come to the table.